0: Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at That's Byte.com. That's B Y T E.com. com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Coffee with a friend is like capturing joy in a cup. Welcome to the Coffee with Jenny B podcast, hosted by Jenny B, a lover of all things coffee. Each week, Jenny will chat about connecting over coffee, what brings her joy, and everything in between. A lot can happen over coffee, so grab a cup, sit back, and enjoy. Now here's your host, Jenny B. Hello and welcome. Every year in March, my husband Frank and I would travel to Mexico, partly to celebrate his birthday, which is on St. Patrick's Day, but also because the weather is perfect for us at that time of year. We fly into Puerto Vallarta and then travel by van to a little fishing village called Rincon de Guayabitos. It's such a relaxing time for us. We stay at an all-inclusive hotel, which gives us a home base, so to speak, but then we spend most of our days in the town, walking on the beach, eating authentic Mexican food, and enjoying the slow pace and the warm weather which is such a bomb after the cold winter. I get to practice my Spanish with the townspeople and drink delicious Mexican coffee. However, since the start of the pandemic, we haven't had a chance to go anywhere because we've been stuck at home. And I miss traveling, as I'm sure you do too. But what if I told you that you could still travel, but from the comfort of your own home? No, I'm not talking about travel videos or vacation webinars. I'm talking about traveling with coffee. I'm talking about experiencing the coffee culture around the world without ever having to book a flight or stamp your passport. And you can enjoy and connect with that native culture with every sip. There are roughly 70 countries that produce coffee, according to the World Population Review website. But not every country that grows their own trees and manufactures coffee beans also exports their product so out of the 70 countries only 50 of them produce their own coffee as well as export them to buyers around the world so you can visit brazil while sipping small cups of extra strong coffee visit costa rica while drinking your dark terrazu blend or visit mexico while enjoying your cafe con leche here's a fun fact Did you know that coffee starts as fruit from cherry trees and that coffee beans are made from cherries? Unlike the cherries that grow on trees in North America, coffee does not grow well in all parts of the world. There is a prime location for coffee growth, and it's called the bean belt. It refers to the area located horizontally along the equator. Coffee thrives in warmer locations and the countries that produce coffee have a similar climate to the origin of the coffee bean, which is Ethiopia. Today, I'm going to talk about three of my favorite coffees and share some information about their respective coffee cultures and a little of their coffee history. My number one favorite is coffee from Ethiopia. I first tried it at Starbucks about 12 years ago. And it was the Ethiopia Sidamo, labeled as a bold coffee. It featured a floral aroma with a bright yet soft finish and, like the best Sidamo coffees, had a hint of lemon. There was something about this coffee that really appealed to me. I don't know if it was the, the hint of the lemon or the brightness, but for a bold coffee, it was, oh, it was just so delicious. Even though Starbucks doesn't carry it anymore, I've since tried many different types of Ethiopian coffee, either to drink at the coffee house or cafe, or to buy whole beans from a local roaster. According to the Spruce Eats website, Ethiopia is considered to be the birthplace of coffee arabica, which is the coffee plant, and of coffee culture. It is the fifth largest coffee producer in the world. It is thought that coffee was discovered in Ethiopia as long ago as the 9th century. Today, over 12 million people in Ethiopia are involved in the cultivation and picking of coffee, and coffee remains a central part of Ethiopian culture. Coffee plays such a heavily ingrained role in Ethiopian culture that it appears in many expressions dealing with life and food. One common Ethiopian coffee saying is Buna Dabu Na. This translates to Coffee is our bread. It demonstrates the central role that coffee plays in terms of diet and illustrates the level of importance placed on it as a source of sustenance. In the local language, the word for coffee is Bun or Buna. The origin of coffee is Kaffa So coffee was sometimes referred to as kaffa bun, or coffee from kaffa. For this reason, some believe that the term coffee bean is an English form of kaffa bun. Hmm, makes sense. I now want to talk about the Ethiopian coffee ceremony. It's an important part of Ethiopian culture and is considered to be the most important social occasion. The ceremony also plays a spiritual role, which emphasizes the importance of the Ethiopian coffee culture. It is said that a transformation of the spirit takes place during the three rounds of the coffee ceremony, thanks to coffee's spiritual properties. I think I can relate to that when I drink my own coffee. The ceremony lasts two to three hours and is performed by the woman of the house. Three times a day, once in the morning, once at noon, and once in the evening. It involves processing raw, unwashed coffee beans into finished cups of coffee. The hostess places a black clay coffee pot filled with water over hot coals. After cleaning the beans in a wok like pan over hot coals or a small fire, she stirs and shakes the husks and the debris from the beans until they are clean. After removing the husks and the debris, she then roasts the beans in the same pan over the hot coals, shaking them evenly until they are roasted and blackened, glistening with the oils from the coffee beans. The aroma of the roasted coffee is powerful and is considered to be an important aspect of the ceremony. The beans are then ground by hand, using a small wooden bowl and a wooden or a metal cylinder, similar to a mortar and a pestle. Once the water has boiled in the clay pot, she adds the ground coffee to the pot. The mixture is then brought to another boil and removed from heat. Now it's ready to be served. She places a tray of very small, handleless ceramic or glass cups, arranged with the cups very close together. The ceremony performer pours the coffee in a single stream from about a foot above the cups, ideally filling each cup equally without breaking the stream of coffee. The dregs of the coffee remain in the pot. This technique prevents coarse grounds from ending up in the coffee cups. There is actually an Ethiopian coffee business called Nagash Coffee located in Niverville, Manitoba. They import organic beans from Ethiopia and roast them on site, and then offer coffee for purchase in person at their store or on their website. They also offer the coffee ceremony, but because of the pandemic, they've put that on hold. Once restrictions lift, they'll offer that again. You can be sure that I will make that trip to Niverville. Hi, it's Jenny. We'll get back to the show in a moment. But first, I invite you to check out my website, coffeewithjennyb.ca. That's Jenny with a G, where you'll find all the links to my episodes. You'll also find a variety of coffee gifts available for purchase, including my branded bag of Red Door Coffee Beans from Harrison's Coffee Company. As well, you'll find a link to join the Winnipeg Coffee Community Facebook group. I'll also be posting info about upcoming coffee tours and coffee nights so keep checking my website for updates. You can also follow me on Instagram at Coffee with Jenny B. Now, let's get back to the show. My second favorite coffee is from Mexico. I first tried it at a street market in La Panita, a town not far from Rincon de Guayabitas. It was about 20 years ago. The coffee beans were packed in a burlap sack. So that you could smell that delicious aroma. At that time, there weren't many coffee shops in town, so mostly restaurants and hotels would offer it. But the last time we visited Mexico, I was happy to find quite a few coffee shops, including one not far from our hotel. When you think of Mexico, you think of spicy food, muy picante, tequila, and churros. Well, I think of churros, especially with chocolate dipping sauce. Mm. But Mexico has a thriving coffee industry, which is not as well known as a few of the world's largest coffee-growing countries, such as Brazil and Ethiopia. Even though agriculture only makes up 5% of the overall Mexican gross domestic product, Mexico is the 10th largest coffee producer in the world. It is believed that coffee first arrived in Mexico in the late 1700s and began to be grown by local farmers. It came to the country along with the Spanish, who brought the plants with them from Cuba and the Dominican Republic. Yet it wasn't until many years later that Mexico's coffee industry really started to take hold, as it began to export its produce overseas on a regular basis during the late 1800s. In the late 1980s, Mexican coffee growers decided to develop organic coffee, and it was about this time that coffee growers began growing coffee under shade to help conserve the natural environment. It was also at this time that coffee growers began growing coffee under shade to help conserve the natural environment. Mexican coffee is classified by altitude, and the characteristics will vary by region. In Mexico, coffee is grown in 12 states, including Chiapas, Osaka, Veracruz, and Jalisco, which is where Rincon de Guaybutis is located. The coffee harvesting season starts in September and ends in March of the following year. Because of its central location, close to both the Atlantic and Pacific Oceans. Mexico is perfect for the cultivation of Arabica beans. The coffee plants tend to flower three to four times each year during this period due to the diverse climate. Volcanoes in this region provide fertile soil that delivers nutrients to the coffee plants, helping them flower. The finest Mexican coffees, which often approach a gourmet coffee, are known for having a light body and acidity often with a nutty flavor and hints of chocolate they have a delicate body with very pleasant dryness like a fine white wine they are primarily grown in osaka and chapas with small organic farms producing much of the country's coffee the coffee that i bought at the market 20 years ago was grown in the southern state of chapas and is distinguished for its light, delicate flavor and brisk acidity with a light to medium body. The hot tropical climate has great growing conditions and produces a fairly consistent coffee bean. But in recent years, the coffee comes from a farm in Jalisco. Like many countries, coffee in Mexico is marketed and exported through a cooperative system, bringing farmers together and ensuring they receive the fairest price possible for their produce. Mexico's café culture has evolved over the years, adapting to changing tastes and trends. To go with its ample selection of coffee shops, Mexico also offers a wide choice of homegrown coffees, including an increasing number labeled gourmet. And finally, I'd like to talk about my third favorite coffee, which is from Costa Rica. Similar to my experience with Ethiopian coffee, I first tried the Costa Rica Latin American blend coffee at Starbucks about 12 years ago too. It was part of the Premium Select collection. The taste had hints of lemon and chocolate as well. As with the Ethiopian coffee, Starbucks no longer carries this blend. However, I found a few roasters in Winnipeg who carry coffee from Costa Rica so excited. The first coffee beans arrived from Africa around the 1700s. Later in that decade, Costa Rica began trying to produce more profitable crops, and what they found was that coffee grew very successfully and was very profitable. By 1820, Costa Rica was the first country in Central America to be able to establish a flourishing coffee industry. Spanning over 200 years, the coffee industry has been a vital force in Costa Rica's rich history and the development of Costa Rican culture and society. Coffee has been a major cornerstone of the nation's economy. Because of its importance to Costa Rica's economy, it is locally referred to as the golden bean. Coffee in Costa Rica is some of the best in the world. And it's because the coffee beans grow in nutrient-rich volcanic soil and coffee plantations are cultivated on varying altitudes. There are eight local regions for coffee production in Costa Rica, and each region is committed to the responsible treatment of the natural environment. Costa Rica produces only wet-processed arabicas. With its medium body and sharp acidity, It's often described as having that perfect balance. Costa Rican coffee is grown on predominantly small farms or fincas. After harvest, the cherries are immediately taken to state-of-the-art processing facilities known as beneficios, where the wet method processing begins. The careful attention to quality processing and conscientious growing methods have built Costa Rica's reputation for fine coffee. Maintaining a sustainable process has been almost as important as the quality of the roast. Costa Rica now tries to grow in harmony with the environment and to go along with how green Costa Rica is. Costa Rican law has set a standard for coffee mills for the highest quality coffee. These regulations are in place to help protect the environment, including water forests, and wildlife. It is no coincidence that per capita consumption of this drink is the highest of all coffee-producing countries in the world. In fact, the close relationship between coffee and daily life led Costa Ricans to plan their calendar around the harvesting, processing, and sale of coffee. Now, that is true coffee love. Here are a few fun facts about Costa Rica. Did you know that there are 4 million coffee trees in Costa Rica with a population of 5.1 million people? That's a lot of coffee trees. And did you know that these coffee trees produce over 300 types of Arabica blends? That's amazing. When I worked at Starbucks, oh, so many years ago, there was an opportunity for managers and shift managers to win or earn a trip to visit a coffee plantation in Costa Rica. That has been such a dream of mine. And I know that once we can start traveling again, I'm putting that on my coffee to-do list. And farmers in Costa Rica are open to having people come and visit their coffee farms and learn more about the coffee processing in Costa Rica. Now Manitoba is home to so many talented roasters who are dedicated to their craft and to their goal of providing you with the best quality coffee beans roasted to perfection. Coffee roasters carry single origin coffees, which come from a single farm, multiple farms from the same country, or Just a blend of the coffees grown in that country. So when you're getting a package of coffee from Brazil, it only contains coffee from Brazil. They also create blends, sometimes combining two or more coffees from different countries. They source their beans carefully, supporting small farms and buying organic whenever possible. Also, depending on the roast of the bean, will determine the taste. Sumatra is from Indonesia, and I really don't like the taste of that coffee from Starbucks. For me, it tastes like dirt. And yet, when it's blended with beans from Guatemala, Colombia, and Papua New Guinea, in their Christmas blend, I love it. It makes no sense, but there it is. So until we can travel in person to these countries, I encourage you to travel the world one cup of coffee at a time and try the coffees from different countries and support the local coffee shops and roasters until next time travel the world of coffee and enjoy it one cup at a time. Thanks so much for listening. If you like Coffee with Jenny B and want to know more, connect with Jenny on Instagram at Coffee with Jenny B. That's Jenny with a G. Until then, all you need is joy and more coffee. It's said that the more time you have to invest, the greater the return. Well, guess what? Kids have the most time if we learn to invest early. That's why I created the Cash Kid Podcast, where I teach kids and some adults financial skills they need to know on how to earn, save, and invest their money. Join me on this journey as we interview experts and explore topics that allow you to grow your money as kids. This podcast will help you become the money expert among your family and friends. Just remember, anyone can be a cash kid. You just have to learn how to become one.